0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hey, everybody, check out the Break the Bell podcast, where we believe your voice is your most powerful weapon for a weekly dose of our take on what's going on in the world mixed with a side of history. Find us wherever podcasts are found or on social media handle at Break the Bell Pod. And most importantly, never stop talking. prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. So a little while ago, I'm I'm grabbing a beer in a in Old Town Clifton with a with a friend of mine. I, I arrived at Clifton Pub about 20 minutes early. I just I just needed to get out of the house. Uh, this is probably back in like October, and uh, Old Town had been closed for for quite a while. Fairfax has been a little bit livelier than than DC and in certain parts of Anne Arundel County in Maryland but I'm there and you know I'm like the only one there uh you know luckily the owner of the pub had been keeping everyone employed. So you had the full weight staff and everyone else wearing their masks, social distancing, just cleaning constantly. So, you know, these people who I've seen for years, nice folks, but they're not always excited to see a customer. They were super excited when I walked in. And when I saw I was I need a table for two people, they were really excited because I'm pretty sure I on a Sunday I was like their only customer. So I sit down, I, I order a I order a drink. And I I I've told you this before. I'm not much of a sports guy. I never really have. Have been, But earlier in the year, um, when I was back at the Washington Times, I got to hang out quite often with a lot of the sports reporters, the sports editor there. And, uh, you know, it was just it was it was nice getting to talk to journalists and reporters who were interested in something that was not politics. Um, that's how I kept my teeth for many years. And around the time that the pandemic started, I was really getting into the XFL. I'm you know, I, I was getting all the DC defenders gear and everything, and I actually bought some tickets for my father and I to go see a game right as the season was wrapping up and the whole thing you know, came to a giant close uh, as the pandemic started. And a few weeks later, as um, I'm thinking, okay, well, well, they'll just pick up a year later. The whole thing died. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how the timing works. But anyway, flash forward to that moment. I'm back at the pub, I'm watching TV. I can't even tell you who was playing. Um, I mean, it was just weird. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I was watching the Seahawks play somebody, but you know the, the stadium was empty. It was just odd, but I was just enamored with the fact that I could see something that was just mindlessly entertaining. And I actually took a little bit of an interest in watching it. And my God, like I connected with all the all the weight staff and everything else while I was waiting for my friend to stop by. And it, it really did remind me. Like I, I used to say that sports was a great distraction for many people. And this is coming from the guy that talks about comic books all the time. So I don't think I should be talking shit about anybody. But if there's one thing that I do truly understand now more so than ever before, it's that sports in American culture is one of those things that would constantly be that escape, that would constantly bridge that divide between us, culturally, politically, you name it. On a weekend, we can all be Jets fans or Orioles fans or Ravens fans. We could all just focus on our team. Or or maybe you're like me and you're a big uh, Auburn University uh, football fan and stuff like that. I know we've got a lot of... University of Alabama listeners, listen. Saban's not Jesus. I'm sorry to tell you that, but you know it's it's one of those things. that As we go into this new year, I don't know what's going to happen. The XFL is not coming back till 2022, and you've got a lot of people still mad at you know uh, basketball teams, and they're still mad over Kaepernick and all that other stuff. And I'm just looking around, and I'm like, can't we just press the reset button and just go back to just entertaining ourselves and having some fun? This is when I learned about 6048 Sports, the no politics sports news. They've got a tremendous account on Parlor. Go follow them there. And they've also got uh, an Instagram account. Their website 6048sports.com. They're doing a lot of awesome stuff. And it would, it would be weird if I did a whole hour talking about sports because I'm not really that much of the sports guy. But I brought in the founder and editor, Christian Stone. Christian, thank you so much for coming on tonight.
1: Hey, thank you for having me, Renzo. It's an honor to be here.
0: Hey, so I I you know, just to kind of start things off, is the sports world dead going forward or are we gonna have some stuff to be interested in? Because I know some some games are going on right now at the NFL and stuff, but for the most part, like it's quiet. Like Twitter sports Twitter is quiet, sports Instagram is quiet. It's like stuff is happening, but even as I'm trying to get more interested in what's going on, it's like nobody, even even my diehard you know, football friends, even they're just tuned out.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. you looking into it. I would really, I've had many people tell me um, before some critics say that sports are dead. And unfortunately that's what some people think that uh, because of the politics, because of the shutdowns, because of everything that it's thrown us off of our groove and as sports, like you mentioned before, it's amazing. They're an escape. They're uh, our entertainment essentially. I wouldn't say that they're dead, though. I'd say they're on life support. And right now, uh, we at 6048 Sports are trying to revive it and bring it back.
0: So what, what came first for you? Was it the, the journalism interest or was it the sports interest or was it a little bit of both?
1: So it was, it was definitely the sports interest. Um, I founded 6048 when I was 16. Um, but it, actually, it all started really with a, uh, a, a sermon that my pastor had. He talked about how hard it is to find truth in today's society, and um, we were driving home. I love I love uh, talks with my family after church in the car. Some of the best conversations you can strike up with people, in my opinion, are in those you know in deep theological conversations. But we we're talking about you know really what is the problem? Why are we not finding truth? Why is it so hard to find truth in today's society? And we uh, automatically we started talking about the media and about how awful they did. And my dad and I, being sports fans, started talking about. You know what? What about what about ESPN? Why are they? Why is everything all political now? Why is there always some sort of political motive with every story? Maybe not every story, but almost every story on their uh, on their headlines and stuff. Now this was back in uh, 2018, I believe, and we were yeah we were talking about that. And We were like, what if we were to make a something where we could? What if there was an opportunity for uh, to make a non political sports news company and So that's kind of really where it started out. And honestly, the journalism part just kind of came in later trying to learn on my own. But yeah, sports definitely came first.
0: I I find it so odd, though, because like I, you know, apart from this show, which kind of talks about everything and anything that kind of pops into my mind twice a week, I I do another podcast, Second Print Comics podcast. And it's Mm -hmm. really funny, too, because I, I talk to a lot of folks who are just getting into comics through like the movies or the TV shows, because now the stuff the nerds used to love, now we've kind of taken over the world because everyone loves our stuff. <laughs> but you, but I, I meet people all the time who are like, you know, I've stopped reading Marvel because it's just, it's just too left wing, or I've stopped watching this person because I hate Hollywood. And uh, you know I've got I've got criticisms of the comic book industry, but I, I find it kind of funny because now it seems like popular culture used to drive everything else, and now it seems like politics is driving popular culture, and I think that's bad for for everybody. I, I was just watching a an interview, I'm sorry, a, a a documentary on Netflix about Frank Sinatra, and you know I I, I like the Rat Pack, I like Frank Sinatra, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't know that he was a he was a Democrat and that he had. You know, campaigned for for Roosevelt and all these other things. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, you know, I don't really care, but I'm I'm thinking <laughs> in the back of my head, it's like, how many people do I know who would stop listening to Frank Sinatra on like iHeart Radio or something if they uh, if they knew his politics were left of center? And I mean, you compare, you know, somebody like Sinatra who's who would consider himself a Democrat back then to somebody now, it's night and day. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big Twilight Zone fan, and Rod Serling was a big Democrat, and you compare him to people today and he's you know drastically right wing. but this need to divorce politics from the stuff that we find entertainment from it, it almost seems more more of an issue now than ever before. And I'm, I am kind of curious in what, in what you guys have been trying to do. You know, obviously everyone has their own bias, but what's it like trying to pitch yourself as a no politics sports site? Because it's kind of funny in a way. You would just think if you're going to go read or watch or listen to something about sports, you would just be getting sports. But that doesn't seem to be the case.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, thinking about it, um, it's really hard to convince some people sometimes that we are non political because we all of our content. Like I tell if anyone says, you know, how, there's no way you can ever make uh, non political sports news, I get that quite a lot. I just tell them, go check out our website, go check out everything we do. There is nothing political about it. However, I like, like if you look on our team, that's what I love about sports too the uniting aspect of them. Like on our whole team, I know there's Republicans, Democrats, independents, libertarians, you know, everything. And I love that about sports, how it can unite people like none other. One of my most proudest moments at 6048, actually, was during, you know, during all of the, uh, I I guess, all of the political, you know, like when the shutdowns happened, and all the players started, you know, participating in protests and stuff like that. One of my most proudest moments, that was when one of part of the reason why we grew so big on Instagram uh, so quickly was because of that. Um, obviously, there are so many sports fans out there that don't want the politics in their sports news. But I, one of my most proudest moments was when I saw a person talking in our comments section. They had a Blue Lives Matter flag as their profile picture. And they were talking with someone who had like a, a BLM profile picture, a fist or something like that. And they were talking about sports in the comments section during this incredibly, uh, incredibly politically divisive time. And it was it was really encouraging to see something like that, because so many people, you know, they, they don't they underestimate the power of unity and entertainment. Like you said, comics, too. I mean, I I love I love Marvel movies. I love DC movies. I love, you know, watching those and having that escape. But I feel like, yeah, these it's really complicated to see, you know, where why people do decide to put politics in them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I mean this is th- this episode is coming up. I think on the on the one year anniversary of the death of Kobe Bryant um, a mm-hmm. year ago. Now I was the social media coordinator at the Washington Times. I was just coming back from my lunch break on a Sunday, and somebody told me, "Rem, you gotta get up a, a photo or something." Kobe Bryant just died in a helicopter crash, and I. I I'll be honest. I'm not like of, of all the sports I really like. I'm more of a baseball fan. I think football is, is really the the second tier for me. I I like watching a UFC and stuff like that. Uh, but basketball was never really my thing, but what I liked was, um, you know, I, I like learning more about Kobe Bryant. When I was in high school, I was actually what what kind of spurred my interest in in marketing and broadcasting and everything else. I was actually a, a sports announcer for my high school's athletic department, and. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, it was it was a lot of fun. And, you know, it was one of the only times I was actually kind of getting along with the athletes because I was a bit of a nerd. And while I Mm -hmm. had some friends who were on like the lacrosse team and stuff, me and athletes didn't always get along. But it was kind of interesting because I would I what, what I did like was the fact that you know you're you're dealing with some people who aren't just really good athletes they're really committed individuals and i remember Mm -hmm. you know you ask anyone especially on the on the basketball team like who's one of your favorite players Mm -hmm. and kobe bryant was always like the the top one and when Mm -hmm. when kobe died one i thought that was definitely the indicator of how 2020 was going to go yeah. But when but when Kobe died, it was just one of those moments where it's like you know we we live in the age of like the activist athlete, and mm-hmm. you know w- when I look at him, yeah, d- I knew he was liberal. I knew he, la- he I know he liked Obama and stuff like that. But I never saw him as an athlete who like hates half the country. So for mm-hmm. that, it's like you know I can still respect Kobe for being Kobe and his politics is his politics. But mm-hmm. it, it seemed like you know that that type of athlete isn't around as much anymore. Now we're, Mm -hmm. we're looking at athletes who are less revered for their talent and they're more revered for how much attention they can bring to themselves for something that has nothing to do with the sport. Like, you know, the, the U S women's soccer team, like, Mm -hmm. listen, good job to all of them, but I, I don't need, I don't need you to take a knee. Mm-hmm. I think you have the right to do that. If you want to do it, fine. If your coaches and everyone else is going to allow you to do it, whatever. I don't have to watch your game. I think there are more important things to get mad about, just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But when it's like this can't just be a soccer game, it's like you have to be you know, ride or die with everything that's going to come out of this. It just gets to the point where it's like, can't, can't, can't we have anything that's safe anymore?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would 100% feel you. And honestly... For everyone listening out there, if you have ever had these feelings, I've had them too. We, we've all had them. Uh, it, it really is frustrating. It, it genuinely, there, it, there isn't too many other words to put it. But when I've done, I've done some research into it myself, looking into, you know, the athletes and stuff like that. And I remember, I remember I actually watched the last game of the NBA finals, which tanked their, their ratings absolutely tanked after they returned. It was crazy. Like you can look up the numbers. We're talking. I mean, we're talking at least five times less amount of viewers and stuff like that on some of the games. But when um, I remember at the end, they were interviewing LeBron James, which, you know, LeBron James, he's established himself off the court as a political activist, which honestly, honestly, I, with 6048 sports, athletes are more than welcome to do whatever they'd like. But the, the problem that we have is when the sports networks, the people that people listen to for sports, when they're the ones that are bringing up the political conversation, when athletes do it, it's their thing. You know, they can do it on their own time. They can do whatever. But when it's, it's when the sports networks like ESPN, who are owned you know, by Disney, who also owns ABC, that whole, we, we, you know, we say the 90% of the mainstream media is owned by six companies. They're one of those big companies. Um, and so when they start bringing up these conversations, they start striking up these political ideas. That's when the problem happens. Like I remember listening to LeBron James, they were interviewing him. He was talking, yeah, we had a great time. We were all doing great here. And they were kind of leading open-ended questions. And then I saw the reporter ask him, then at the very end, the reporter asked him, you know, well, how does this, what does that, what does this mean to you considering, you know, the, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like something about the political year or whatever his activism off the court. And that was the journalist doing that. That was the sports journalist. You know, the people, when they listen to sports, you know, us at 6048 Sports, we recognize that people listen to us for sports. They don't listen to us for us to go on political rants. In the middle of a show, and so but
0: like like if you're doing a profile on somebody, like you want to do a whole look at somebody's life, that would make sense. Right. But when you're just asking about, hey man, why didn't you do this well during a game or something like that, it, right. it seems like two separate things. And you brought up something which is so important, like this. I, I'm not saying they should be completely silent. Obviously, they've got you know their own platform they they have the right to say and believe and do what they want. But it's that it, it's that subtle division because it's like, you know, if I, okay, I, you know, uh, I, I worked in retail before. What do they tell you when you work in retail and you don't have a uniform? Don't wear anything that talks about religion or politics. Why? Because when you're there, you're just there. And it seems like, okay, if Colin Kaepernick wants to be everything he is off the field, then that's fine. It's when you bring it on to when you're actually at work, that's the problem. And I don't think that should ever have been seen as a political thing. I think a lot of people jumped on it because, and this is, you know, this is my criticism of conservative media, you know, they do the same thing as left-wing media which is they, they try and find a few cultural hot button issues and then they just nail it to death. And it's like, you know, the, the whole issue is all these other things, but let's look at the one thing that can be quickly addressed, which we can all probably agree on, which is when you're at work, you're at work.
1: Right. Absolutely. And, and something that, you know, a lot of people don't realize is when, whenever, whenever I see like, <laughs> it's so funny being a non-political company, you know, There's people on on Instagram, people label us as a conservative company. And on Parler, people label us as a liberal company. But just being a non political company, that's kind of the response you get sometimes. But uh, I will say that um, what a lot of people don't really notice is that these people primarily, because most of the politics that are put in this are from the mainstream media, which if we look at the 90%, you know, six companies, that most of them tend to lean pretty far left. And so you look at ESPN, they're owned by ABC Disney. That's going to be a company that tends to have more liberal politics put in. So, the people that that are okay with it are going to be the people that agree with the politics that it you know, it doesn't make them frustrated or anything. So it's just like, you know, whatever. But I guarantee if ESPN were to make a piece on something supporting, you know, President Trump or whatever a conservative, something conservative, you know, right-wing, Those same people that are saying politics should be in sports would come over to 6048 sports immediately because it's all about, you know, no one really wants to hear, you know, the opposite, you know, these frustrating political topics and stuff being pushed on them, this agenda being pushed on them. And sometimes I guess when it might be politics you agree with, maybe people don't see it quite as much happening, but it is kind of funny to see no one likes politics in sports. No one really does. And that's uh, at least from a sports fan's perspective, and so I find that kind of funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I even found myself kind of falling into that uh, recently without even really realizing it. You know, I'm you know it's the start of a new year. I'm looking forward to baseball season. Uh, I'm, I'm originally from Arizona. My mom's a big Cardinals fan, and mm. my you know my my girlfriend and her family they're big Orioles fans. So usually, you know, I'm rooting for the Orioles. And uh, for some weird reason, I was, I, some, somebody sent me a text and they're like, hey, uh, just to let you know, we're, we're Boston Red Sox fans now. And I'm like, what? Like, how, what, what, what? And, uh, you know, that, that's the one thing that, you know, from, from everyone around me, we have in common, we're not fans of the Red Sox. But well, I guess now we are, because I guess whoever is the owner of the Red Sox basically said, you take a knee during a game, you're out. So mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, we're we're aligned with the Red Sox, almost like in the way that I suddenly became a Tom Brady fan when the the media was going after Tom Brady for being friends of Donald Trump. And it was mm-hmm. like, wait a second. I'm getting deflate gate guy, and apparently I like him now. This is just right. so weird. Right. And uh, you know, I think, you know if there's one thing that people can do right now, it's just focus on what they're good at. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Everything that they're, you know, sports is entertainment. And if you're not entertaining people, you're not making money. And right now, you know, whether you see it in the movie industry or on TV or digital content or whatever, people are trying to find ways to get create these super specific demographic oriented content channels, you know, whether you want to subscribe to the blaze or the daily wire or the New Yorkers, you know, uh, premium channel and all this other stuff. It's like, everyone is breaking up into niche content. It's like, you know, left-wing sports, right-wing sports, uh, you know, LGBT art criticism and all this other stuff. And it's like, okay, I, I get it. People have variety. That's the cool thing about the free market and stuff. But you know, one reason I'm really, and this is what I really liked about the XFL. It was not just, you know, what what I consider just good football because they, they got rid of a lot of the stupid rules I didn't like from the NFL, but like Mm -hmm. it was an entertaining time. I mean, Vince McMahon, uh, you know, love him or hate him, the man's an entertainer. And if there's one thing that I'm excited about with having the rock, uh, uh, you know, as the owner of the XFL now, as, uh, he's getting ready to bring it back in 2022, you know, the rock is a, You know, he considered himself a political independent. He endorsed Joe Biden and all that stuff. I don't really care about that. I'll go see all his movies. I think he's a he's an awesome action actor. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when I look at what he's going to do with the XFL, one thing that really excites me about that is the fact that, you know, he knows how to make people happy anywhere on the Mm -hmm. planet. He has that type of personality. He has that mindset as an actor and and as a businessman. But it's like, as, as people are like, oh, you know, he's just bringing Hollywood into the XFL and it'll just be like everything else. I'm like, do you think the Dwayne Johnson is going to do what everyone else who has ruined football have done?
1: <laughs> right. Absolutely. And yeah, you bring such a bring up such a great point. Like, for instance, even in the sports media there are like, there are specific, like you said, you mentioned like a lot of different, like there's a lot of different right-wing channels. Like you mentioned the blaze or the daily wire and stuff like that. There's similar, a similar kind of landscape in the sports media um with companies like for instance you know when i when people ask me they're like you know with political sports news i say you want political sports news and you want more of a left-wing bias go to espn bleach report pretty much any of the mainstream sports media and if you want a conservative uh, tilt to it go check out clay travis of outkick the coverage but if you want just sports news non-political sports news that's where that's where that's where we come in that's what's so unique about it like you mentioned the rock yeah he has made political statements but yeah, he, he definitely is an entertainer and he has, he probably has that mindset that, you know, our goal as entertainers is to be, you know, is to entertain people first instead of, you know, constantly be stuck in all these politics. And then there are other sports leagues coming up too, um, that I, I've been hearing about, uh, that are all trying, they're trying to do the non-political, um, sort of, uh, marketing as well, um, with the rules and such, but, yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting to see the XFL. It was really sad to, to see it all get shut down with you know the COVID shutdown, but it'll hopefully hopefully it'll do well here soon too.
0: So so kind of pivot a little bit. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the XFL because that is the one thing that actually is really exciting me as a as a non sports person for the first time in my life, I got excited to actually not only want to watch you know, uh, my local football team, the DC defenders, I was actually motivated enough to actually buy tickets to go see a game. I got a refund because the whole world went to shit, but you know, <laughs> I was actually excited fact, my, my, my amazing girlfriend actually bought me a DC defenders shirt for Christmas. So I was really happy about that. And I, I, I've never, you know, I, I, I want, well, one, I was never a Redskins fan, but it's like I've never owned anything sports related in my life. And, and he, here's where it's coming from. I was like many people, especially folks uh, in media I just wanted something that was a good distraction that was free of everything else going on in the world and I found that in the XFL and for the first time in a while uh, when I looked at the people that were also getting excited about you know the DC defenders and all these other teams and everything else, you saw white Americans black Americans uh, you know let uh, Hispanic, Latin Americans, I mean, you saw everybody there men, women, children, seniors, veterans, everybody, people looked like they were actually having fun, like what you used to have with sports mm-hmm. and Absolutely. Absolutely. it was it was crazy, and none of the athletes were ever discussed in conversations other than is this person going to stay? Is this person going to do better? Or is this person going to end up getting dragged into the NFL, which, you know, a good number of players did. And honestly, good for them. Good for them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that that was there. And then right. when it died and then McMahon was basically like, listen, we got, we got to liquidate all of this. If anyone wants it, it's yours for a hot dollar. I was like, "Well, well, there goes that because all the fun – all the you know quote unquote innocence of it, um, <laughs> it, it it seemed to basically go away. Do you think that was something that was just um, you know tied to the XFL, or do you think that was something that they also tried to leave with, lead with? Because their motto was you know this is all for the love of football, and I actually believe that their marketing actually met their practice for the first time in a while.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I guess I'm, I'm a little bit confused on the question. Are you referring to, uh, what exactly are you referring to about it? Are you just referring to just all of it kind of dying down or.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like could, could something like the XFL come up in, in other sports? I think that's a better way of doing it. Like, obviously they're coming back. So we'll, we'll see what Dwayne Johnson ends up doing of that. But you know, what, 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 what do you think when it comes up to some of these other competitive leagues coming up for others, for other, uh, you know, for, for other sports and stuff?
1: Oh, that—that's a great question. Honestly, I mean, you watch the NFL. If you watch the NFL now, I know a lot of you probably haven't. um, But if you watch any of their games, I mean, we went from having like highly anticipated movies and commercials—you know, uh, trailers for movies—to now we have like medical commercials and stuff like that, and like for like elderly people. And that's practically—that's practically what we're seeing. It's because of people aren't going to want to pay as much for advertising. And at the end of the day, you would think that money talks. You would really think it would especially in a business setting um but honestly the nfl i mean obviously i mean most people would say that the nfl is a monopoly uh it, it's just so big there really is no competition the xfl was nice uh to have something there but uh like the usfl back in the 80s or 90s or whatever that, that, that was that was that was that
0: was that like arena football is that what that was it,
1: uh, yeah, it was, I am not a hundred percent for sure on that, but I know that it went down. They had some cases, the NFL and them were in court and yeah, just kind of fell through. But what we're seeing here with entertainment is at least what with our success and it's, you know, thank God for everything. He gets the glory for it. But with our success, it really has come from just being non-political entertainment. And I see, I know a lot of other entrepreneurs that are heading into this area as well, where I wouldn't be surprised if we see other leagues doing it. I know that, that, that the NBA uh, is struggling with, with ratings and money and everything right now. And honestly, I don't know if that they would ever consider um, going back. They've almost gotten to a point of no return where you're, seeing, where, where you're seeing people who are NBA fans their entire life turn off the TV. And it really breaks my heart whenever people feel like sports are done, you know, like the, that sports are dead and that what they once enjoyed as an escape. They can no longer use, and it, and it really breaks my heart because that's why we're trying to outreach to these people and market to them, because we're 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 letting them know that you know even if these leagues do this stuff, we still are going to find a way to get you that escape at no matter the cost. And I think that I don't know if necessarily the leagues themselves, the NBA, NFL, uh, the MLB, all of them will try and go back to this. I think that we're what we're seeing is you know a really big shift into um into politics and what at what point where a lot of people well a lot of people would consider the middle uh something that wasn't once the middle and that it's just the what everyone expects um from going forward so we'll have to see what the future but i seriously think that non-political sports leagues and maybe sports leagues even to the point where i mean i personally you know i like non-political stuff but honestly like we've seen with clay travis and i've kicked the coverage. They're probably conservative sports leagues would do well as well.
0: Yeah, and I mean uh, another example is is Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart is thinking about creating his own racing league to compete with uh, NASCAR, and they would either be like a a Friday race oriented schedule or Saturday race oriented schedule, whatever days that you you wouldn't typically have a NASCAR race. And uh, I think that's kind of up in the air. I haven't looked too much into it, but that was that was in discussion before you know Bubba Wallace gate last year, and wow. you know that was that was something that um, when it happened, and then you were either on on team Bubba Wallace or you hated people. Uh, that that was one of those moments where a lot of people I know who just loved NASCAR started tuning out because NASCAR has always had the. Um, you know, at least for the most part, it's always had the, the, the image of being a more conservative sport. Then they got rid of the Confederate flag. Yeah. I mean, when, when they got rid of the Confederate flag from some of their stuff, that didn't even really bother me. I mean, that didn't really bother me when, when it came to, you know, everyone suddenly loving Bubba Wallace, who is probably one of the worst racers in NASCAR. Just when you look at yeah. his record, it's like, can we talk about him as a driver? Because him as a driver, he really sucks. Like, let's just right. let's just be straight with that.
1: Right. Oh, it's so true. It's it really is true, and it's unfortunate in some ways, but it is so true. I mean, I looked at I looked at the the stats of Colin Kaepernick versus Blaine Gabbard. and if you look at right before he started kneeling um, his stats were off. Like what was talking, Kaepernick ever were,
0: good? Like, was he ever good? Because I hear some people say he was good. And then he, when he took the knee, he did that because he was worried about getting traded.
1: So I see that's, that's really tough. I mean, obviously with sports, uh, lots of people would say that, you know, that some people are good at some point and some people aren't. It's important to note that, Colin Kaepernick did go to a Super Bowl. However, he had a really good team with the 49ers, but it was after that, it was after that, that he didn't do quite as well. So if, it, like if we're just looking at his stats, for instance, um, in the 26, the 2015 season, he had a 43.4 quarterback rating or, or compared to 2016, I don't know, I, that was 2015, 2016 he had about forty nine point five quarterback rating, which that's about half of what's considered good. Ninety is considered good, and I mean we're talking about in twenty sixteen he had a one in ten quarterback record, uh, two and six in twenty fifteen. I mean it, it, the problem is is it's the same thing with whenever I argue, uh, whenever I'm arguing the case for either Michael Jordan or LeBron about who's better, um, you always have to make sure and say, okay, just on the court. If we're just talking about these people on the court, because some people will align themselves with the other, with the other side. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of people say that a lot of people factor in all this and it is a little frustrating as a sports journalist myself to see people call other people really good uh, just on the basis of what they do off the field, off the court, you know, off the track when, I mean, they're, they're not doing very well. And so you often wonder too, the, the motive behind it too, like, you know, obviously if you're an athlete that's struggling, I mean, why not, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and I mean that kind of makes me curious about the whole activist athlete thing because I mean Kaepernick is getting a limited series on Disney Plus. I mean the man is just swimming in money. He can't say Ooh. that he has not benefited from this. Right. So I, I'm what, the the one thing that I am curious about. Is, you know, it is kind of like a chicken or the egg scenario. You've got Nike, you've got Gatorade, you've got all these, all these companies that make their money attaching themselves to all these players and stuff. And then when they go out and they put out commercial or they sponsor somebody or, or, or any of the many things that they've done, they see a giant backlash because people start boycotting their products. People start bad mouthing their products and stuff. What 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 is driving this type of behavior? Is it companies thinking, oh, we can make a ton of money by saying, you know, Black Lives Matter or equal pay for women in sports and this type of stuff, and then attach ourselves to a specific athlete? Or is it the athletes basically saying, hey, you know, if you want if you want my audience, if you want to be seen on quote the right side of history? You have to do this, or else then I'm gonna tell them that you're bigots and you're all these things. Because it seems like a weird situation. Because, you know, like like we discussed earlier, th- these these businesses are around to make money. It, it it's only really a recent phenomenon for people for all these big companies to openly take giant political stances that they know are going to draw controversy. Now it just seems like that's in the regular playbook, and I don't get it because you go anywhere else and I, I saw this in media you go to the washington post new york times cnn fox you've got people there that don't toe political ide- ideologies you've got concert- quote conservatives at cnn and liberals at fox but they're in the business of doing their job and making money i mm-hmm. i think the same would be for all these companies they're attaching themselves to these athletes and they know that things are not going to go well for them
1: Oh, oh! It absolutely is money. I can guarantee that. Um, I've I've known some people in the industry, uh, and yes, it, it absolutely these these making these political statements are for making money. Um, it's you know it, it's one of those things where like yeah, I know you mentioned I I'm a I you know journalism you know it's college and stuff you learn a lot about the difference between you know giving people what they want versus what they need. And I think, like you mentioned, like uh, you mentioned Fox and CNN and all of these mainstream outlets, that's kind of what we see where they start to operate more as a business rather than rather than a uh, a media outlet, you know, because of them uh, choosing to put out content that will be consistent that their people and listeners will always want. And I feel like that's another thing, kind of going back to that uh, that NFL and NBA will they ever take the XFL approaches. They've already essentially gotten their demographics. They've already, like you said, the, the different. There's the different. Um, there's the different things out there for different demographics, and they've made them very specific. So it would be really hard for them to come back from something like that, especially because they've they've champ- they've gotten those they've gotten those demographics. So that, and honestly, the NFL the NFL is really messed up, actually, where with their demographics and stuff because you know. You look at all sorts of the stuff going on, the kneeling and stuff. It was at one point it was, there there was kneeling. And then there was no kneeling and then there was And and they're, they're not doing a great job of even, you know, g- even trying to operate as a business. And so, yeah, I, I mean, and honestly, and if you want to even go into like the athlete side of it, I mean, Colin Kaepernick, the year before he started kneeling was in a very heated uh, competition with Blaine Gabbard who Blaine Gabbard was an awful quarterback as well. Um, they were competing for the starting spot for the 49ers and Kaepernick. It was, it was so Blaine Gabbard would have been the starter all the way until the off season for the season before in the 2015 season, if I'm not mistaken. And then in the 2016 season, the preseason, right before coaches would have made up their minds for anything, uh, Colin Kaepernick started kneeling. And so, I honestly, I, I can't say anything because I'm not these athletes. I don't know 100% what is their motive and everything like that. But if we look at the timing of it all, it is a little bit strange.
0: Oh man, that would suck. You, you work that hard to get that far and then the dude who was your runner up starts getting all the attention. Mm-hmm. That must sting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I can't, I can't guarantee any of this that this is 100% the way it is, but just looking at the timeline of it all, I mean, you know, uh, the Blaine Gabbert would have been probably the starter going in there. But then you also think, I mean, if you want to go into, you know, marketing and demographics, you I mean, you look at the demographics of, uh, four, of 49ers fans is from San Francisco, which is a very liberal area. And so they would likely be someone that would really be able to identify with Colin Kaepernick and his political stance. And so then you start wondering, like, behind the front office, you know, and started wondering, well, is it a better business move to put Colin Kaepernick out there or, or maybe not starting him? Will that cause more controversy? And I mean, doing something like this, people who like me, who want to be non-political and, and uh, teams and all, all of this, they're, they're really put in awkward situations when it comes to this stuff.
0: And, and I just want to say, before we go further, kind of going back a little bit, I said the Arizona Cardinals, I meant, ugh, shoot, I, I literally had them at the tip of my tongue. Who, who's who's the who's oh shit who's the baseball team from Arizona? <laughs> the,
1: I think they're the Diamondbacks. If I'm the Diamondbacks, right. yeah,
0: okay, yeah, okay. I just know that someone's gonna end up tweeting me later. You got that wrong. You got the entire game wrong, <laughs> and it's like okay, yeah, I told I told you at the beginning. I'm still trying to figure a lot of this out, but okay. uh, you know, go go going back a second, like uh, you know, just just the NFL for example, because I think them them and maybe the NBA were probably under the biggest scrutiny the last couple of years. Do you think the the NFL? do you think they've lost basically everyone they were going to lose? Or do you think there are still some people who have hung on because they're like, man, I, I just can't live without my football.
1: It, th- and that's a great point. Honestly. I mean, that's, that's what when I'm marketing. When we're marketing at 6048, we often talk about, you know, wh- how can we reach these people? Because there are so many people that feel alienated by the politics and honestly, Uh, I I feel for them. We feel for them at 6048. And it really is frustrating. That's why politics should never be in sports Uh, news, at least news coverage. You know, like I said, if the athletes do whatever they do, whatever the coverage itself by a network shouldn't be that way. And I think that looking at the demographics of it, that they've taken a massive, a massive hit, but the people like that follow 6048, I find are tend to be the people this is they tend to be and I, honestly people from all demographics follow non-political sports news and i love it i absolutely love it it's amazing one of the only things that i've seen like it but what it tends to be is it te- the, the demographics tend to be people that love sports so much that they aren't willing to give them up however at the same time they they are not identifying completely with the politics and so what we're able to do is we're able to give people this um, this sense of you know the sense of normality essentially of what they used to enjoy in sports and like like I mean you can look at the ratings for all of this I'm pretty sure our parlor account posted uh, a graphic of um, the NBA ratings back in uh, with Jordan versus you know LeBron here in 2020 and it's night and day and they're they're losing they're losing people for sure but um, it, that's a really great question though honestly I would have to do more research to find out. The like the exact demographic of it, but I would assume that there definitely has been a substantial portion that has left uh, because of it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think it, especially as we're now in a new year and people want to have that reset. I mean, we just had presidential election; everyone lost their shit for a few months. We can finally have toilet paper. Um, you know, <laughs> things are looking at least. Not as crazy, I think everyone's basically tired and tuckered themselves out, and, and I mean may, maybe it's because i i I am ultimately kind of an optimist, but I feel like for for the NFL, they wouldn't have to do much to get a lot of the people they got back they would just have to do like a couple of things. And I think more people would be willing to forgive them than, you know, the folks online who were like, I'm never watching your games again. Because I, I also, I, I, I I make fun of everyone. I think a lot of people that were saying they were boycotting a lot of things. I don't think they were ever actually that into it. I think there were a lot of people like me out there that just wanted to own the libs. And they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm boycotting all 49ers (laughs) games. I don't like Kaepernick dude. I've never watched a 49ers game in my freaking life. (laughs) <laughs> I, I know there were a lot of people like that It's like, you know, I'm never watching ESPN It's like, dude, you never did right. You don't know what a football looks like <laughs> so, so it's oh. that situation where it's like I think in reality, if you divorce it From what we see online and everything else They wouldn't have to do much Other than just not being stupid And not being stupid seems to be a really hard thing To ask people these days Because they seem to do stupid really well it's like, yeah. treat people normally, don't talk shit about half your audience, and, you know, play play the game. If Absolutely. you play the game and you do that other stuff, you're perfectly fine. That, that's why, you know, before everything kind of tanked, you know, before I, I started paying attention to the XFL and stuff, I was watching more college football because those people Correct. have to work. I I I don't know the full economics of it, but I was always like, you know what, pay the players if they're not on scholarship, give them a salary, pay them. Mm -hmm. It's like you know those college athletes have to work, and I think that is the one thing that uh, I has has harmed an entire generation. And this is before you know school closures and all this other stuff. You had a lot of people that were really hoping that maybe they could get drafted for the nfl or maybe they could go compete in the olympics or maybe they could go be the next golf pro or something and for Mm -hmm. a lot of athletes who just wanted to be good at their sport you know they had they got hit by two big things one the fact that you've got all this turmoil and you know in in terms of fan base and everything and secondly it's like it's not good enough to just be a good athlete anymore now you have to be an activist athlete. And for many of them, they don't care. They just, they just want to do what they love and they enjoy it and they want to do a career in it. And with right. everything else that's happened the past, you know, year and a half or so, it seems like for a lot of that, uh, th- those opportunities just don't, at least from what I can see as an outside observer, those opportunities now seem harder now than ever before.
1: Absolutely. And, and, uh, like I have some, I have some teammates, former teammates that, uh, that are that we looking to go into college, you know, looking to play professionally. What'd you play? Uh, I played, so I played basketball in high school. Um, that was my main sport. I played football too earlier on in like middle school. That was, that was that, but I got so, so many injuries in that. I am injury prone. So oh, I can't imagine. I had to, I, I, to, I, I went, to, I stuck with basketball and track. But I knew a lot of them, you know, that wanted to go pro and stuff like that, but they were they, they were more conservative, like we've seen with most of the politics, with, uh, with, with exception to UFC, which tends to be more right-wing, which is interesting and in kind of looking into that. But a lot of them, you know, that were more conservative were the ones that, you know, started to become discouraged about it. And, and honestly, I felt bad for them because I'm like, even if it was the other way around, even if they were, you know, if they were my liberal friends too, I would be like, yo, that's, that's not cool. You sh- you shouldn't feel alienated just to play the sport for a professional uh, league.
0: Yeah. Like I, I had this, I had this moment happen. I, 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 I like to watch UFC. I think, you know, in terms of, I, I treat UFC kind of different. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's sports, but it's fighting. And I, and yeah. I've always been big into boxing. I've always been big into watching the UFC. And, uh, I, I was sitting at, uh, you know, at, at a bar with a friend of my, mine, we were, we were talking about some fight. I think it was, a you know, it was a McGregor fight. And I said, you know, one of my favorite UFC fighters is Manny Pacquiao. He might not be, you know, like the best UFC fighter of all time, but I like, I, I like him as, as a person, as an athlete. I think there's a lot of cool things about him. And he's like... Oh man, my my favorite guy is Colby Covington cuz you know, he loves America and all this other stuff. I'm like, okay, like that's cool, but like you know, is is that just it? Because you know, right. I know I know what Pacquiao is good at. I know what right. pa- I know what Pacquiao is bad at. And right. everything else just kind of adds to it. I like to watch him and I like to root for him. You know, I, I, I've learned more about Colby Covington recently because of, you know, the election, and everything, but like, you know, I see him on Instagram. I I see him with the, with the hot models and everything talking about bang energy and all that stuff. Seems like a fun guy. Mm -hmm. I've never watched him fight in my life and I never knew him really before that, but it's like, dude, do do I, it's like, you know, am I autumn, because I'm right of center, am I automatically a Colby Covington fan? I really don't have an opinion on the guy.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I think that's a really great point too. Um like with sixty forty eight, we all position ourselves to, I tell all our journalists, you know, and they, they all agree that what we do, what we have to do is we essentially have to hit the reset button in our head for everything we know about the athletes. And all we have to do is watch hi- highlights, we look at stats, we look at um comparison, we look at all of this, and we have to really focus and make sure that we're pushing away all of the extra stuff coming in, trying to creep in from the outside. I think that that's uh, that's a really good point too. Um, with that, like like you said before, I know that there are a lot of people that aren't even UFC fans that are fans of Colby Covington, and obviously Covington is doing well with his marketing and uh, selling merchandise that you know works well with his with his fan base. And I mean, he's become one of the most popular people in the UFC.
0: But well, he's hustling. I'll give him that. He hustles yeah,
1: absolutely, and and you you got to give people respect for that too. You know, you think of business and about how people only have a limited time in professional sports. And so if they do find a way to make money by positioning themselves a certain way, then, you know, good for them. But, uh, and that's, once again, that's not the, the coverage part. That's the athletes, you know, doing their own thing. But yeah, when you look at the coverage too, um, like, yeah, I mean, ESPN owns the UFC stuff, but you don't see them covering Covington a whole lot because, you know, obviously, their agenda is going to be more of a liberal political agenda, and then you see people like uh, Outkick the coverage covering him a lot. You often wonder, you know, the, is the are is ESPN and Outkick almost looking for more people that aren't just sports fans? Whereas you know us at sixty forty eight, our demographics are like the diehard, uh, maybe not even as diehard, but people that care about just the sports. Our slogan is just sports, period, because that's that's what we focus on. And I think that. Yeah. I think that that's a really good point though. Like thinking about all these athletes and whether or not, you know, what their demographics of their fans are like.
0: Yeah. Because it's like, I I don't want to be told who, who, who is my guy or who is my team or something, because ultimately I'll come to my own conclusions and they might not be con- conclusions you like but that's the fun right. thing about sports that's what draws that competitiveness in people and that's why fans you know they don't say that team they say my team they take an interest that's my fighter and stuff you know right. I, I, think, I think that's what I miss in a way and I used to see that as a distraction I used to be like well, why are you calling it your team they're not you're not making money <laughs> from them you don't benefit from them those guys don't know your name but now it's like right. I look back at that and it's like you know what I'd rather have people fighting over sports than fighting in the streets over stuff that does not impact them. I'm not talking about anything specifically. I'm just talking like everything. Everyone has to have hard opinions on things we don't know anything about. I, I don't have enough time in the day to have an opinion on stuff. I barely know about half the stuff we talked about this episode, but I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right. Absolutely. I 100 percent agree, too. And that's the nice thing is that at the end of the day, a Republican and Democrat can give each other a high five at, an, at a football game or a basketball game or whatever, a sports game. They can do that. And that's something that's so unique. And I love about it. I absolutely love it. And that's the problem is that we're getting away from it. But there's this sense of unity. That that just is, it's so overwhelming. It's so amazing to see that in a time like this, where, like you said, people could be fighting. These same people would probably be fighting each other in the streets over something else. There's something about that sports aspect and there's something about the future of our company and the future of non-political sports uh, and just sports that, that I think honestly can be one of the cures for the incredible divisiveness we see in America.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, as we kind of wrap things up, uh, you know, Christian, it's it's 2021 now. It feels so weird. It's like we went we went through, you know, the uh, America's, you know, one of the. I won't say it's one of the worst. I'm gonna say it's one of the weirdest. It was just freaking weird. I mean, <laughs> aliens, murder hornets, attack squirrels, the toilet paper run, the Rona, everything. Like it, it's it it's just weird and um you know you've got a lot of challenges going into this because really your your company and everything you do is going to still be affected by what the sports industry and what sports entertainment do and don't do so what what are some of the so what are some of the challenges that you see going forward and what are, what are some of the things that people can expect or some of the stuff they should learn more about from 6048
1: Absolutely. That's such a great question. Looking into the future with 6048, we do that quite a bit. And part of the part of the the problem of it is that people don't see that we're 100 percent transparent that we are a non political company. We we aren't shying away either that all of us, all of us individually at 6048 all have different political opinions. But we found a way to be it's almost like a sense of maturity. Like a sense of maturity that used to used to be around that isn't around anymore. Where you know we can have a Republican and a Democrat journalist are both talking together on a show uh, that are both talking about sports, and it's amazing. And they can totally have insanely awesome chemistry. And I think that what what a lot of people don't realize is that this is what the the mainstream media and you know the mainstream sports media and all these leagues that are you know becoming divisive. The problem with that. That they're, what they're trying to make people, you know, not know as much is that we're all closer. We, we're all close. We all have things that unite us. There are so many things around us, like you mentioned, comics. There, you mentioned there's movies, all of this stuff, sports that that unite us. And going forward, I see a movement, a really unique movement of people that are in my generation, at least Gen Z, that say, "Hey, look." We're tired of all of the political banter of the of the older generations. We're tired of the political banter that the mainstream media, social media, big tech, everyone is trying to force on us. And we're making a statement, a non-political statement even, that non-political statement that we choose to be united in the things that we are united about and not completely partisan like we see with all these other things. And so that's that's something that I find really awesome that I'm super excited about. And looking at it, there are so many people I've been able to connect with. We've been able to connect with the 6048. And honestly, uh, just I'm excited to see too with how hopefully we can help bring some people together, at least to a point where when we we can have people see each other as humans, that we all make mistakes sometimes and that together we can unite in sports and through these, uh, different forms of entertainment. And I seriously see the whole entertainment, non-political entertainment industry blowing up in uh, about, about probably about a couple of years, maybe two or three years. And it's super excited to help, uh, kind of push the charge.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, coming from somebody that would not consider themselves a big sports guy, I've enjoyed seeing your content. I've I've enjoyed learning more, especially if stuff like the XFL coming back, just trying to understand more about the the sports world. So that way I have an escape because, you know, everyone needs a couple hobbies to keep themselves from going crazy. I enjoy it. I actually do follow them on Instagram and parlor folks at 6048sports. Christian, if people want to go ahead and connect, if you catch up with your content, your articles, your shows, every. Everything that you do, how could they do so?
1: Awesome! So there are many ways that you can connect with us. Uh, you can c- connect with us on Instagram. We usually put out lots of daily content on there. Uh, join the party there. Parlor is amazing. We did get censored on Twitter. Uh, that was uh, that was really. That's weird always fun. Yeah, we we, <laughs> we yeah, I know we were we were labeled as explicit content, even though we only published what? highlights and stats. Yeah, it was crazy. I have the video and everything of it too. I have proof. It's insane, but. Um, you, you can connect with us on Instagram, on Parlor, We have a YouTube channel. We're trying to build that thing up. Honestly, you can pretty much find us anywhere. Uh, our website, 6048sports.com is the central hub of it all. So if you're just looking for you know, I, everything going on, feel free to check us out there. Um, uh, that, that, those are really the main places you can find us. We hope to be on TV here soon. We're working on stuff, uh, working on all sorts of different things to help try and build our company, to expand our audience and to let more people know that they don't have to put up with the politics and sports news anymore from ESPN, Bleacher Report, or whomever.
0: Awesome stuff, man. Well, Hey, keep, keep kicking butt. You're doing, you guys are doing absolutely great work and, uh, you know, come back anytime, dude, really. Thank
1: you so much. thank you for having me on. It's always an, it an honor to be
0: here absolutely folks I, I'm going to ask you to do this one thing for me. It costs you nothing but means everything for me. These conversations are brought by you, the listeners uh you know we saw tremendous growth, you know doing the show twice a week, doing the other projects. It takes a lot of time and getting to connect with you, getting to see that you're enjoying the content that we're you know bringing you here at the we are libertarians network specifically on the run i greatly appreciate it so please if you leave us a five-star rating and review on itunes this is what helps us in those top charts this is what helps us uh get you know exposed to new people send it to a friend lover enemy frenemy you know how the internet works everyone should know because we're having a good time we're learning a lot and we're having a ton of fun in the process as always i'm remster w Martinez. you're listening to on the run Good night. I'll talk to you later in the week. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Podcast Network.
1: Find all of our shows at WeareLibertarians.com, like The Chris Spangle Show, Liberty Explained, The Brian Nichols Show, The Boss Hog of Liberty. Freedom Strips with Keaton Tucker. On the Run with Rimzo
0: Martinez. Gingerarchy with Trisha Stewart Mann. Upward Libertarian Activism. And now hear this. Tune in now and we're going to help you sound smarter when talking with your friends.